When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Curling fans, you've come to the one place with everything you need involving USA Curling and more. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with the 12th In Sports Network and hosts Price Atkinson and Joe Calabrese. Get ready for everything you need to know. News, interviews, points of view, and club spotlights. Anything involving USA Curling can be found here. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with the 12th In Sports Network. Now, here are Price and Joe. All right, welcome into the Extra Extra Podcast with the 12th in Sports Network. I'm Price Atkinson, and I am sitting in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, as I'm at the Champions Cup, the Humpty's Champions Cup, the final and seventh leg, the last one on the Grand Slam of Curlings circuit this season. It has been an incredible year. Uh, being on the circuit with so many of these great teams, including our two U.S. teams here, Jamie Sinclair and John Schuster's rink this week here in Saskatoon. Got a lot of things we're going to bring you, and a lot of it's just going to be simply some updates uh, from uh, here in Saskatoon. And then certainly what has taken place over uh, across in Norway. We'll get to some of that here throughout this broadcast and this podcast of the Extraction Podcast. The Godfather himself, Joe Calabrese, will not be with me, but he will be back next week as we will do this one final time to close up the season. But before we do that, we've got a lot to get into here. And a lot of that uh, getting into is going to be what's going on right here in Saskatoon. And obviously, so much going on in Norway. And before we get out of the gate, want to say just congratulations to John Schuster and Corey Christensen winning the bronze medal in the World Mixed Doubles Championship in Stavanger, Norway. Earlier today, the highest finish ever for a U.S. rink at the Mixed Double World Championships. So congratulations to John and Corey. Just a fantastic game uh, as they defeated Australia, uh, previously losing to Canada in the semis for the chance to go play for the gold. Came up short, but then got in a little bit of a hole early down 3 but rallied back to win the bronze medal and get on the podium. Just huge congratulations from all of us here at TESN to John and Corey. But as I'm sitting here high above the five sheets in the Merlis Belcher Place Arena, brand new facility here at the University of Saskatchewan in Saskatoon. And it has been an interesting and fun week here uh, in Saskatoon as it's Saturday night sitting here recording. And this fun week really started with uh, you know a lot of the teams that are playing here, including both U.S. ranks, got some new faces, some newer, some older uh, to their lineups. But it has just been a lot of fun to see some of the new players that have come in to play, not just for the U.S., but really all the the countries or teams as they've got so many people doing a mixed doubles world championship duty 
in Norway. Uh, one of those teams, uh, Anna Hasselborg, who's playing tonight in the semifinals. They uh, have Eve Muirhead uh, skipping the team while Anna and the girls uh, won, or Anna, excuse me, I should say Oscar Erickson won gold uh, earlier today in the World's Mixed Doubles Championship. But for the U.S. side of things, those new faces include John Morris, Johnny Moe skipping Team Schuster, and then on the women's side, uh, with Monica Walker stepping away and retiring from the sport. Vicki Persinger, the magician herself, she came back to Team Sinclair to play in this event, was throwing second stones as Taylor moved up and was throwing uh, lead rocks, uh, obviously followed by Sarah and Jamie. So uh, what happened, what went down here, let's get through some of that first. And what we got to tell you is as the quarterfinals have just wrapped up just a short time ago, the men's quarterfinals this afternoon and earlier today at noon, the women's uh, earlier today, just finishing less than 30 minutes ago, John, Team Schuster, their rank defeated by Bruce Mowat uh, in the quarterfinals. They fall uh, by a score, I believe it was 8-4, to four, so I'm pulling it up right now. Uh, but just an incredible game. And John Morris just made some eight incredible uh, shots, made a deuce in three and then another one in five that was just a head scratcher to put uh, Schuster and company up. Uh, but then Bruce Mowick comes back, and they get the 8-4 to four victory over Schuster uh, is the Scots do. But it was a shot Morris had coming down. He it just ticks the guard looking for one. It ticked that Mowick guard up top, and it rolled off. And that's what gave Mowick a steal of three and the victory instead of going to play one extra in. It was really a great week as Schuster and those guys, uh, they finished the round robin 3-1. and one. The only blemish on their record uh, was a rematch against Nicholas Adin and the Swedes as they came out victorious in just a fantastic uh, game earlier. I believe that was a Friday morning, but uh, John Morris looked like he had not missed a step. I had not seen Johnny Moe play in person. No, I hadn't. I had never seen Johnny Moe play and curl in person. And, boy, he hadn't just lost a step. If anything, I think that guy has gotten better. And that's easy, that's hard to say because not having really been on the ice a whole lot since Olympic duty, winning gold at the Olympics in Pyeongchang uh, with mixed doubles, playing with Caitlin Laws. But Team Schuster does bow out. Jamie Sinclair last night, they finished the round robin. Actually, they played all their games and finished up Thursday 2-2. Two and two. Uh, but then they were forced into a tiebreaker last night against the Russians, uh, Kovaleva, and they <laughs> it was really a, a rough one to watch is, is they got a gift, and they went up, uh, came back and took the lead. Uh, but after they get a triple in the fifth, Kovaleva comes right back with three of their own, and just Team USA, including uh, Sarah Anderson and Jamie, struggled a little bit coming down the stretch and just could not close as they were knocked out by Kovaleva uh, last night, uh, the Russians getting the victory. So that was really the only U.S. flavor here, but it was a good conversation going to bring you with Don Bartlett, the head coach of Team Schuster, who's been with them this year in their first season, in his first season. As you know, Donnie B has won a couple of Friars uh, won a silver medal in the 2002 Olympics in Salt Lake City uh, with Team Canada. So we talked with him for a little bit, and we got a whole lot more to bring in, some other interviews, and, and things will pass along, including looking over at what happened and transpired in Norway. So it's going to be a little 
bit of an abbreviated podcast is trying to get you everything we can from uh, here in Saskatoon and other places around involving USA Curling. So I'll be back here shortly. Again, Price Atkinson with the 12th in Sports Network coming up next. Interview with Don Bartlett, what it's been like with his first season with Team Schuster and the defending gold medalist from Team USA. We'll bring you that interview coming up next right here on the Extra Extra Podcast with the 12th in Sports Network. All right, back here on the Extra Extra Podcast from Saskatoon and the Merlis Belshire Place Arena as we are here at the Champions Cup this week. And now going to talk with Don Bartlett, the head coach of Team Schuster. I shouldn't say head coach, but the coach is what we should call Donnie B. Winner of a uh, silver medal in the 2002 Olympics. And how many Briars, right, Donnie B? Two? Uh, one, two. One, one two. Seven. One, two, went to seven. So just a pleasure to have you here on the first time on the Extra Action Podcast, Donnie B. And, you know, is the coach of Schuster, take, take me through the season because you came on this year, have, you know, dedicated coaches for each team. Just what has it been like working with these guys this season? Oh, it's just been fantastic. Um, there's so much fun. I mean, when, they, when I got the call in August from Chris um, and they wanted me to play, uh, be their coach, and I told them it was an honor like, like, for, for them to pick me. And uh, and I've known the guys for quite a while now because of the, the Duluth um, charity spiel down there. And uh, it's been just uh, just a fantastic year, lots of fun. I knew it would be because you know they're the Olympic champs, and uh, uh, just really enjoyed it. Yeah, and obviously curling with Kevin, you're no stranger to. Uh to curling royalty, which obviously those guys are in the U.S. when it comes to curling right now, Don, and you know, spend a lot of time down our way. Uh, you know, this 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 year with the with the boys, been coming off that curling gold medal. What sense and what have you seen in terms of hunger? You know, to continue to get better. Chris Plies obviously brings a new dynamic in for Tyler George, but you know, the, the hunger and the drive. They say once you've scaled that mountain, sometimes that it's sometimes tough to stay there. Yeah, no, I told him that too. Like I told him, every game you play from now on, you got the target on your back, and uh, get ready for it. Because you know, it doesn't matter who you're playing. Some club guy that's absolutely terrible, you'd think in your mind, he's going to play well against you. So they got to come to play every game, and and, and uh, they embrace that, and they know. And I'm trying to get them to the first end to try to make all eight in the first end to just show teams that here we're we're, we're here to play, and uh, and uh, yeah, they're. Uh, they're a career, John's about a career 62% winning team. And I told him before the year started, I said, I want you to get at least 70% this year. Like, no, 62 is not good enough. you got to get up to 70. And they're at 70% right now. So I'm pretty happy about that. What, what is Chris Plies? Because you saw the team, you had to say Schuster 1.0, but Team Schuster now 2.0. And that being life after the goal. But with Chris Plies and what he's brought to this team? Oh, energy for one. And uh, a great teammate. Like I would love to play with Chris Price. He's he's just an absolute joy to be around, and and I I told John Morris actually here this week. I said, don't be afraid to to make him play any shot because he's got them all. There's no shot he can't play under any condition. He'll make it for you. So uh, it's great to have a guy like that in your team. And I I've been telling people I think Chris is top three or four in the world at thirds. He's really good. All right, you guys were obviously at the recent, uh, most recent uh, World Championship in Lethbridge, Alberta. And, you know, I know that uh, it certainly wasn't the kind of result that you and the guys wanted and not making the podium, but played really well 
pretty much most of the week just came up short to the Japanese and you know in terms of being able to advance into the semis and the medal round but you know it is a team that's kind of growing finding its footing again but you know as you get ready for another quadrennial you, you really can't ask for a whole lot more than, than what they've done so far this year as you mentioned the winning percentage and you, you, you want to win them all uh, but this is a team in your mind what do you think where are they they are very close like I mean even at the at the world's um, their, their problem at the Worlds was a little bit of inconsistency. They'd, they'd play games where they could beat anybody in the world, and they can beat anybody in the world. They have all year. They've, they've beaten the Dean a bunch of times, and uh, against the top teams, they've done pretty good. But uh, the one thing I want to stress for going forward is they have to do better at draw the button. You know, you have to have the hammer starting the game, and uh, you know, they didn't have it a whole bunch at the Worlds. And, and at that level, it's a big advantage to the other team. So that's one thing they can improve on, I think, and... Uh, Going forward, though, I like their chances. It's funny you mentioned uh, you mentioned that because as I sat down in my seat here on Tuesday, and the you know you guys were in that very first draw at four o'clock on Tuesday, and Schuster's uh, texting me and saying, "Hey, are you there in uh, Saskatoon yet?" And I said, "Yep, just settled in." He's like, his first question: "Do we have Hammer?" And number two: "Can you FaceTime part of the game for us in Norway?" So obviously, it's you're, you've gotten through, and you know how important that is. But in working with John, you know the coachability factor John has been around the game a lot of these guys have just been around a long time what do you see in terms of you know that coachability and what you're trying to help bring to John maybe as a skip yeah like like I've told the guys and told John that you know John knows the game really good and and the five rock rule is great for him because he likes rocks and play he's not afraid to draw like I think John's one of the best drawers in the world if, if I had if my life was on the line and I had to pick somebody to draw the button for me he'd be right up there in, in my in my picks um, and John, he's pretty stubborn, yeah. but uh, you know he, he will if if uh, he, and a, a situation arises and he's not sure what to do and I I've been sort of maybe maybe you should do this and he's act, he actually has tried a few things that I've uh, mentioned but uh, yeah he like I say he knows the game really well he doesn't need much help from me. All right, uh, Schuster obviously is over in uh, Norway right now as we speak. They they get a win over Estonia this morning. Him and Corey Christensen to advance to the semis. Going to play Canada tomorrow in the mixed doubles. But how much have you gotten to, to see, follow, and, and and see what's going on with Team USA over there, John and Corey? I've just been following the stats, see how they're doing and everything and, and the results. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's funny. Um, John's interest in how the guys are doing here, and the guys are interested in how John's doing over there, and they're sort of ribbing each other, uh, you know. So it's uh, it's great to see that they're, they're they care about each other and how each team's doing. Continue with Don Bartlett, uh, you know, coach, coach. Uh, I'm curious from the coach, from a, a team coach's perspective, because you see mixed doubles now becoming just a bigger part of the sport. You know, growing. I mean, 48 freaking teams over in uh right now in Stavanger and Norway at the world championship but you know is is a coach of team Schuster you know versus say the coach of the mixed doubles John and Corey how how taxing is it to do both and you know as you see other countries they don't let some of their athletes play both it's basically one or the other Uh, where do you come down on that because obviously the U.S. the depth and the bench is just not quite there like in Canada and some other countries but where do you come down on concentrating on say one or the other They've done a good job of it, actually. Three of the four of them, I think, are playing mixed doubles this year, and they've had various various successes. Um, talking to John, like they've played probably 18, 19 events this year, and this was supposed to be an off year, right? Right? It was supposed to be a year to just relax a little bit and get ready for the next quadrennial next year. 
But uh, yeah, they've played a lot, and John says he feels fresh. Yeah. So that's the key. You know, if you're if you're playing a lot and you don't feel good, you feel tired, and you're playing too much. Yeah. But John says he's feeling fresh, and the guys are all feeling fresh, playing a little bit of mixed doubles as well. So it's obviously that they're doing the right amount, in my in my opinion. All right, uh, continuing with Coach Don Bartlett, the coach of Team Schuster, and as we're here at the Champions Cup, Coach, in, the, in this beautiful facility, the Merlis Belcher Place in, in Saskatoon. Uh, you know, the boys are out here playing, and you add in John Morrison to the mix here for, for Schuster. What's it been like having Johnny Moe a part of this team? It, it seems like for every team across the sheets where you've got a sub, if you will, in for somebody that might be in mixed doubles, but everybody's just kind of getting that extra kind of lift, excitement of having somebody new in this long season. Yeah, the, the guys have a history with John. They, they're, they're, they've met him lots of times and, and partied with him lots. And, and that's you know part of the reason why they, they picked John, because they know he's a really good curler, like world class. And he likes to have a good time. Yeah. I mean, I've been here with him the last couple of days, and we've been out at night, and uh, just, just uh, we were doing it old school, basically. Yeah. This, I mean, I was told the guys, this, we used to do this every weekend. This was nothing, nothing new to us, right? Every weekend we would have a good time, yeah. and uh, it keeps you loose. Yeah. You know, you might lose a little bit because you, you might not be quite as sharp, because you. But we always make sure we got our sleep, and uh, but you know, if, if you if you do it as a team. The key is you got to do it as a team. All four guys have to, or, or, or ladies, if they're going to do it as well. You have to do it as a team. And if you do do it as a team, um, I think it's more beneficial than it hurts. Yeah. All right, uh, wrapping up, uh, Donnie B., you know, you've been a lot of places around, you know, not just this country, but around the world and curling. But being with, with Schuster and the boys this year, no, they weren't even playing in St. John uh, John's back in December, a place where you've got some, uh, some roots there. What, what's really been one of the most fun stops along the way with these guys so far this year? Oh, actually, probably one of the, the, the best that I enjoyed was the, the very first one in Cornwall. Um, they treated us really good there. You know, they had meals for the curlers between the games. And then um, the boys were there last year, and they met a guy, and, and uh, again this year, he took them to their house. Um, and we were treated like kings. Absolutely, I couldn't believe... How those guys, I wish I remember the guy's name, but he and his buddies, uh, I don't think I've ever been treated so good anywhere. And uh, he had a beautiful house, and it was a, a star, star lit night, and uh, we sat around and, and just had a few pops, and, and so they cooked steak for us, and, you know, they served us appies all night, and it was just, um, you don't get to do that very often, and, and being treated so well was really special. Some tells me that when you've got, uh, I don't want to say your wagon hits to the the reigning Olympic gold medalist, but uh, when, when you're coaching those guys and, and being with them, you're going to have a few red carpets <laughs> rolled out along the way. Yeah, and uh, it's part of the reason I took the gig, because I knew that was going to happen, right? It's uh, Prerequisite. Yeah, like it's just uh, it's just great being part of, and uh, they do get treated like kings. They really do. Everywhere they go, people are uh, just just awing and when they meet them and everything and uh, it's like I say it was, it was great to be part of this show Don Bartlett thanks for a few minutes it's been a pleasure my pleasure thank you Welcome back into the Extraction Podcast with the 12th and Sports Network. I'm Price Atkinson and back here inside the Merlis Belcher Place in Saskatoon, just right on the campus of the University of Saskatchewan. The Huskies, the Fighting Huskies, everything is green and white or 
gray here, Rider Pride, Saskatchewan Rough Rider Pride, here in the heartland of the province is Jerry Gertz, the founder, CEO, amongst many other things that he does. Curling Zone, welcome, Jerry. Thanks, Bryce. Always uh, great to join you for uh, another episode of the Extra Extra End podcast. All right, uh, just had the interview with Donnie Bartlett, so really appreciate him joining me as we recorded that yesterday. But before we go any further, I just want to touch on uh, things over in Norway. Once again, as we mentioned, obviously, congratulations to John and Corey. Highest finish ever for a U.S. rank at the Mixed Doubles World Championship. Finishing with a bronze medal, Brett Gallant and Jocelyn Peterson. They win the silver medal for Canada. And then Oscar Eriksson and Anna Hasselborg, they win gold for Sweden. And the World Senior Championship hadn't had a chance to mention these two ranks, Jeff Goodland and then Margie Smith. Both U.S. women or world senior teams, their runs come to a halt in the quarterfinals in Stavanger, Norway. Uh, Jeff Goodland and his rank, they fell to uh, Denmark. The nearby Danes getting a 6-4 to four win uh, over Todd Burr and company. Again, quarterfinal action. Uh, yes, as Jerry uh, lets me know that Joe Polo and Tabitha Peterson, I should mention, they did also win a bronze medal. So John and Corey tying for the highest finish. I need to make sure I have that correct and not shortchange our friends Joe Polo and Tabitha Peterson. Also in the World Senior Championships on the women's side, uh, Margie Smith, her rank, they come up short to Scotland. 5-1 to one in the quarterfinals. So still two good runs uh, for our world senior uh, Team USA squads making the playoffs. Qualifying is always a big deal and always a huge step, and they do just that before bowing out in the world senior championships. But Back here in Saskatchewan and Saskatoon, Jerry, and you know, our, and talked a little bit about it, the, the two U.S. teams. Let's start with Schuster as Johnny Moe comes in to skip them. I, I thought that Johnny Moe looked better than he ever has. I, it didn't look like he had missed many beats if at all, any, because he made a couple absolute beauties today. One had a little bit of luck to it, but you know, fantastic week for Matt Hamilton and Chris Plies and uh, John Lansire getting to play with Johnny Moe. Yeah, I think for those guys, uh, this is a great opportunity just to, to play for another skip and uh, you know to appreciate uh, a lot of the great things that uh, Schuster brings and and see another perspective at the same time too. And yeah, it's semifinal finish here uh, against Bruce Mowat. Uh, came up a little short in that game, but uh, it was quite a battle down to the end. And uh, a couple extra shots made uh, in the eighth end, and that game could have been very different. Yeah, while a lot of teams are done, this is the end of the line for many teams, you know, here uh, at the Slam. Is this obviously, as I mentioned earlier, the seventh and final Grand Slam of the season? But we got a bigger, much bigger event, and not to put anything down on the slams because these are considered the best events in curling around the world. But the Curling World Cup, obviously, in its inaugural season, the grand final, when I say big, I'm talking big in prize money. I mean, it, I think three times the winnings uh, of what it is here this week. But uh, that's going to take place in Beijing, uh, what, uh, 8th of May through, I believe it is, the 13th. Do I have that right? Yeah, 12th of May. But, uh, 12th, 12th, excuse me. You talk about the fields here, uh, semifinal setup here at the Champions Cup. We've got uh, the top four ranks teams on the order of merit on the women's side are into the final. 
and seeds one to three and five are in the semifinals for the men's side. So uh, hell of a finish to the year here with the Grand Slams. But uh, yeah, World Cup, that should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to be heading over myself as well and uh, checking out uh, that event in Beijing. Yep, and doing uh, World Cup duty, and because they won, automatically qualifying, that's John Schuster's rank, as John will be back with his mates over there playing in the grand final on the men's side, getting an invite uh, with an opening. On the women's side will be Nina Roth playing for Team USA, and then certainly uh, Sarah Anderson and Corey Dropkin, they will be Team USA in the mixed double. So Team USA will be represented in all three disciplines in Beijing, Jerry. Yeah, looking forward to seeing uh, what uh, Nina's team can do over there. And, and uh, of course, Schuster's team coming off of, uh, you know, a strong finish to the season. Uh, you know, I think uh, it's really setting up the program really well for the future. All right, back here, uh, you know, as I mentioned a little bit ago in the first segment about Jamie Sinclair and Monica stepping away from the program. Uh, the new face for that team isn't really new. Uh, that was Vicki Persinger, the magician herself, throwing second stones. And, you know, Jamie dealing with the injury still that uh, just freakishly suffered while we were in Denmark, uh, you know, when she fell over that errant stone going to shake hands with the Scots after that win. You know, it's had time to rehab. Told me coming in, it's probably about 85%. You know, if you looked at her and you didn't know anything, you would say there is nothing 80, 85% about her. She looks maybe about 50 at best the way she was limping out here, but that was because of a wrap. That's because she had it, you know, really wrapped up. But by the end of the week, she did mention, I'm, I'm starting to hurt a little bit. Yeah, I think uh, for her, she's definitely playing through some pain this week. And, you know, last event for uh, the Sinclair team, you know, they see the end of the road uh, and the summer coming up. They'll get an opportunity to get some rest and hopefully, uh, you know, really get a chance to heal that injury and come back strong in uh, August and September. A big question that everybody's kind of asking is percolating out there, and it's not something that usually is known until the month of May, but this year it could be maybe in early June, just the way how deep the season goes, especially with the World Cup. But, you know, possible changes I mean we can only speculate on what may or may not happen but obviously Monica's stepping away from the program there will be changes and there's going to be some different looks to the teams we just don't know exactly how much uh, or how far deep it'll be yeah you've got uh, some very strong players out there uh, you know it'll be interesting to see what happens to Corey Christensen's team I've heard a bunch of different things the possibility that uh, you know she might be a great addition to the uh, uh, to the uh, Sinclair team at the end of the day and, and uh, you know, try and strengthen uh, the lineup up and down there. And, you know, you'll see, uh, you know, likely some, some changes to some of the squads and as, uh, as players move out and some of the young players move on up as well. And, uh, yeah, it's always interesting to see, uh, you know, how these squads are put together and, yeah. and, and where they go from there. One thing I'm curious about, too, is how the program, uh, the high-performance program, I should say, in referencing them, is, is, the, is the growing role of mixed doubles now in the game because you have so many players, especially on the U.S. side and, and really across, you know, internationally, across the world, so many players that do double duty. But, I mean, it's a, I mean, easily 50 75%, I would say, of the high-performance program of, you know, the players that are – Minimum 50%, I'd say close, maybe 75, 80%. The point is, 
programs in the the team specifically sometimes are stretched when you have mixed doubles events that might come on the heels immediately after a team event, or there could be conflicts. You know, there are inevitable things where just teams are kind of stretched because you have now um, so many more mixed doubles events, and it's growing. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how mixed doubles plays out over the next uh, Olymp- two Olympic cycles or so. You know, I, I think we're going to see teams start starting to have to specialize in order to uh, compete as the event continues to get bigger. The issue right now, though, is there really isn't much money in the uh, mixed doubles tour. So for players to specialize, you know, you're not going to get the best of the best um, all stepping up and, and, and playing mixed doubles. So, you know, you see from the world championships, you got Oscar and Anna who won the gold medal. You know, they're four-player players who, who are dabbling in mixed doubles. Um, Brett Gallant and Jocelyn Peterman, same thing. You know, they'll play a handful of events in the season at, at most, and, uh, and then they'll chase the, the national title and go to Worlds. And, of course, John and Corey, another uh, tandem who are uh, four-player players and, and playing a little bit of mixed doubles. So, you know, I, it's still all about shot-making and putting your best players out there. And, uh, you know, I know uh, there's, there's a bit of a, a rivalry between the players who consider themselves uh, dedicated mixed doubles or mixed doubles specialists and... and uh, you know, I, we're going to see that probably become the trend eventually, but uh, we're just not there yet with the opportunities in the game. There's just so much more money available in the four-player game that, you know, if you want to make a career of this, make a living of this, you've you got to play the big events where the money is right now. All right, as the season does wind down, and we take a look back on Team USA a little bit, coming on the heels of obviously the gold medal last year, and you know this year, um, you know a lot of excitement, a lot of hype. It's done nothing; it's not been diminished one iota, at least at the grassroots level. You know, when you look at the higher performance uh, side of things, you know some good, some mixed results, some good, some bad. Uh, how would you kind of take a look back and, and assess and what Team USA has done on the World Curling Tour this season after that gold medal? And then, you know, not to be outdone, you know, Jamie Sinclair winning the Players' Championship a little over a year ago, the most prestigious here on the Grand Slam of Curling t- uh, Circuit. Yeah, I think the uh, lack of medals at the uh, men's and women's worlds will probably be a bit of a disappointment uh, considering uh, the, the, the steps that the program has taken over the last few years. Um, you, you look at where teams are this year, you know, it, it's definitely a, uh, an adjustment with the first year out of the Olympics, uh, teams trying different lineups. Like you look at Jamie Sinclair's uh, lineup and they had players in and out. They had some injuries. They had uh, some other challenges as well with uh, Alex Carlson starting the year with the team and then leaving uh, uh, about halfway through uh, with her uh, maternity uh, leave. Um, it, it takes some time to gel and get comfortable with teams. So, you know, we'll see what, what Jamie comes up with next year. And, and uh, Nina's team stuck together. But again, you know, I don't think they played nearly as much as they have in the past. And, and uh, with Schuster's team, you know, I think they really took some big steps forward. And outside of a loss in the uh, quarterfinals at Worlds, they very easily could have been in the mix for the medals there too. So, you know, it's with Schuster's team, I was concerned after the Olympics that they were going, that was kind of going to be that pinnacle of their career. You know, it's the kind of thing that sets a team up like that, that's been grinding forever. But, 
you know, I think what's happened is with John and the rest of that team is is that a heavy weight has been lifted off their shoulders and they play a lot more free now. And, you know, winning a World Cup title, posting strong results on tour, you know, this is a team that, uh, you know, as they continue to grow and develop, uh, you know, is going to be around for a long time uh, if that's what they want to do. All right, as players are starting to make their way out uh, for the semifinals tonight, going to get this uh, podcast up to you on Saturday night. Don't forget, Joe Calabrese will be back with me next week, the godfather himself, as we will wrap up the season with our very last episode here of the Extra Extra End. So stay tuned for that next week, putting together some interviews and some other things for the very last episode to tie you over and hold you through the summer. But, Jerry, real quick on the way out the door, um, you know, World Curling Tour that you're obviously so intimately involved with and everything, putting together events and, you know, things going on around the world. So much is happening, excitement in the Asian markets, getting ready to host the next Winter Olympics. What's to come on the World Curling Tour uh, this next year? Changes? I mean, things going on with events? You know, there's always things that are being moved around on the calendar, things, you know, events that have been there that may not be back. I mean, what can, what, what things going on there? Yeah, as usual, you know, the, the next year's schedule is already in the process of being created. And, you know, it, it's kind of that thing. You know, everybody, as soon as this year's done, everybody's already looking to next year and, and planning their schedules out. You know, the tour schedule is probably going to look fairly similar to uh, this past season. But, uh, you know, we see the World Cups being added. You know, the Grand Slams continue to, to grow, although they are going from seven to six and taking uh, the, the money out of the Elite 10 and putting it into the other events. And, you know, we've got some opportunities in Korea and Japan as well with some new significant events that uh, we're going to be running there. And, uh, you know, I, I, I really look forward to, you know, where the tour is going and, and uh, you know, the opportunities that it's going to give to the players in order to, to uh, you know, really make a living out of this game. All right, Jerry, appreciate a few minutes here as uh, we start closing up shop and getting out the door here on the Extra Extra Podcast. Again, we'll be back next week, but Jerry Gertz, the president and CEO of Curling Zone, heading back over to the Sportsnet booth to get ready for our four semifinal games tonight, uh, the two women's games and then the two men's games. Can't wait to see how this unfolds. It is going to be fantastic curling down there on the ice that I've been just utterly privileged to be a part of this year on the Grand Slam uh, of curling circuit uh, with all the national teams from Team USA as well as working with the Swedes and you know a couple Canadian teams here in the last couple weeks. I've just really, uh, really had a lot of fun and in, in becoming a you know getting more involved, uh, I should say. But just the players, the coaches, uh, working with them is just the highlight for me. It's just so much fun as well as putting together the podcast and working with Joe and BA with the 12th and Sports Network. So that is going to do it from here in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan at the Humpty's Champions Cup. Again, we'll be back next week. And the godfather himself, Joe Calabrese, will be back with me. And I'm sure we will touch on one of his favorite things, the NFL draft, and find out just how bad his Buffalo Bills did and how awful my Carolina Panthers did because we never seem to have anything decent. But, again, that's going to do it for myself, Bryce Atkinson. Appreciate Jerry Gertz just in that last segment here with me and certainly uh, our friend Don Bartlett, uh, the head the coach of Team Schuster. Appreciate him joining us. And we will be back again next week right here on the Extra Action Podcast with the 12th in Sports Network. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. Thanks for being with us on this edition of the Extra Extra In Podcast with Price Atkinson and Joe Calabrese. 
Follow the 12th In Sports Network crew on Twitter and Facebook to stay up on our weekly contests, giveaways, guests, and for upcoming episodes of the Extra Extra In Podcast. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, what's the word, delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Whether you host a nightly dinner party for two or five, keeping your eating and dining area clean helps keep your mind on the dinner party and not on the cleanup afterwards. Viva paper towels clean like cloth, trapping splatters and sauces that could become countertop stains or stuck on messes. And they're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. For an exceptional cloth-like paper towel, there's Viva. Visit vivatowels.com to soak up the clean feeling of home.